glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music, glass, so DJ turn me up. DJ turn me up. Trying to get hit, music allowed this nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch I come to party, trying to get hit Music allowed this nigga but hits If I hop on it, then do what you get I just go in like the fit of a switch Four, three, two, one. Wow, it's been a while since we've been here on the show. Jesus Christ, it's been since 2020, obviously, since last year, ladies and gentlemen. But welcome back to a brand new episode of the Kicking with the King, episode 316. It is January 10th, 2021. It's good to be back. There's a lot of stuff we haven't talked about. There's a lot of things that have happened, ladies and gentlemen. And there's a lot of things that we will be talking about and covering on the show quickly. As always, follow us on Instagram at KWTKPod, Jesus King MMA on Twitter. Funny story and breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. G the King official is no longer. It was taken down. My um, long time Instagram account. Probably the second only other serious Instagram account that I've had since the beginning of Instagram or since I've had Instagram has been taken down and taken down for probably violating community guidelines and stuff like that. But if you've been paying attention and watching the news, watching Twitter more so, um, Parler as well, and if you've been watching the news, keeping up to date with everything that's been going on, they've been taking down loads of different people's accounts because of, a, you know, risk of further incitement of violence and if you've looked at the news like i said as a late and then um a few days ago when they rioters and looters not looters i don't want to call them looters but no rioters and no people protesting there's like hundreds of thousands of people at that trump rally the stop the steel rally and then boom they going in to storm the capitol and um you know, it just further escalates from there. So to sum it all up, you know, this absolute insanity happened on January 6th, about four days ago. And, you know, obviously one of the craziest turning points and one of the craziest things to happen in the beginning of this year. I mean, I seen this meme that said 2021 is going to be my, my year. And then 2021 said, hold my beer. And it's like, you know, this is continuous of 2020. I mean, people storming the capitals, getting past the, all the crazy police officers and, and people watching and guarding and stuff. But uh, I know we've seen some videos, we've seen some things about, you know, essentially the cops letting them in and stuff. Because in reality, you're not going to stop 100,000 100, people 
So even if like the cops were in on it, that were there, dude, you can't stop a hundred thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, and you don't know what these people are gonna do. You know, I don't know if these people were Trump supporters. I don't know if these people were Antifa. I don't know. I'm not gonna point any fingers. I'm not gonna say anything that I don't know. I mean, because I truly wasn't there. I mean, I was watching it, done all the research, saved a bunch of screenshots on my phone, watched a lot of these accounts that I follow for information get purged, get terminated. They're no longer a thing. President Trump um, got his account locked at first, I think for like 24 hours. Then boom, he comes back on the platform. Says a couple more tweets, a few more aggressive tweets. Essentially, like as if he hadn't been warned at first. And then, boom, his account's permanently suspended. A lot of different accounts that um, have to do with either Trump supporters or, you know, high-ranked. Uh, I don't want to say high-ranked, but, like, you know, well-known Trump supporter accounts. Like, very, you know, high-following um, accounts that you know, really discuss and talk about a lot of stuff. It gets a lot of traffic accounts that get a lot of attention and you're saying a lot of different, you know, kind of controversial things to Twitter. You're violating the community guidelines. And here's a conversation and here's a little part of the conversation that I really thought about a couple days ago, right? Or yesterday probably, but um, that's their app. It's Twitter is privately owned. And then again, like I said, you heard my thoughts about free speech. I believe everybody deserves to have free speech. I, do, I believe everybody deserves to give their thoughts, their undivided thoughts about different things that go on in the world because we're all American people and we all deserve to have a voice and give our thoughts on things. But on a platform, you know, that can crack down at any time. They could have cracked down on President Trump any other time that, you know, he said, but, you know, they let it happen on their platform. But when you're inciting violence of 100,000 plus people and, you know, essentially, you know, and yeah, inciting the violence on all these people. He, Trump could tell these people to do anything and they'll go and do it. They'll go and do it. They'll participate. They'll be a part of it. Essentially like a mob. A mob of terrorists. I mean, these people come in full-fledged with all their, their flags and, you know, they're gathering together. Whether or not you want to say they're peaceful protesting. I mean, you never truly know who was in the Capitol because it will never be truly confirmed. I mean, the one dude that sticks out is the dude with the horns and the, the flag on his face and the tattoos all over his body. He look absolutely fucking wild, dude. That dude looks like a looks so fucking... Like, that's the dude that sticks out out of all the people there, for sure. So, um, we watched this unfold, and, you know, the president has a speech, and he's speaking um, at the rally, then after the rally's over... Then that's where all hell unfolds. People assume that they're they can make their way into the Capitol. They end up making that a reality. Um, they're going in all the different U U.S. congressmen's or women's, you know, the Congress uh, offices. There's one guy who's in Pelosi's office and people posing in the House. Oh, the he was posing in the House Speaker's chair. I mean, it it was like a mini fucking army there. 100,000 plus uh, of people there at that rally in general. 
I don't have numbers. I don't have confirmation on how many people were in the Capitol. Supposedly, people have been shot there. And obviously, people want to have conspiracies about every little thing. This girl that got shot in the neck there, but reportedly she didn't get shot in the neck, or it was staged, and then people are so-called saying that, I've been seeing everything all over the queue, that, you know, all this entire thing was staged, and, you know, the Secret Service and the cops that were there were all in on it, but we're not here to disclose conspiracy theories, we're here to talk about everything that's went down, so let's go back to my Instagram account, so... But uh, being the last two posts that I did post, I guess uh, the long post that I had created with uh, Morbius on it, if you remember the post, uh, I don't remember exactly what the quote said on the post, but I do remember some key words that I said about the virus and the coronavirus and, you know, how the last uh, few episodes of our show have been very politic heavy and discussing and exposing and stuff but um so i had uploaded a video of uh of me screen recording worldometers.info um you know kind of highlighting the coronavirus numbers and it had said 60 million plus people had survived and i had made the post saying uh well why is why are they blowing this out of proportion if more than half the people are surviving? And I put like the question mark and I said, why isn't the media reporting on how many people are surviving this? And then that, that got me prompting into saying all oh, the fake news media, you know, you, you don't believe everything you see in the media, the media lies to you. Then, you know, like, I, like everything that I had highlighted and said in that post. And I guess it was just the final straw that boom, just gets purged. I'm unable to sign in. It says user not found. I try to do it again. Try to sign in automatically with auto login. And boom, it says the account that you're trying to follow doesn't exist. For if you're trying to follow me. And then boom, on top, it wouldn't even let me log in. It says, sorry, but we couldn't log you in. So they will voluntarily just purge the account off. And, you know, that's the thing that these big, uh, big tech are accustomed to. I mean, you look at Instagram. Who's Instagram owned by? Facebook, Twitter. I mean, I think they're their own company, but they're kind of all following suit all together because if you look at it, it was like, boom, one, then the other. So one one uh, platform took Trump off. The rest of the tr- platforms took Trump off. They kind of like joined together to ensure that he doesn't promote any more violence because Trump is a wild man. I have to be completely honest and you know, whether or not it's conspiracies, whether or not they're trying to uh, stop free speech, maybe people don't even need to be belonging in these crazy cop topics or conversations and stuff like that. They don't belong talking about it in their eyes. Maybe not. But, you know, in reality, he does incite violence. And for the most vulnerable people, it's not a safe thing to have. I mean, the president of the United States, I mean, censoring the president of the United States kind of sounds a little wild I mean, for these big tech companies. But then early on, I did in this podcast when we were talking, I said that that's their app. They can do whatever they want. That's their app. They could have done that a long time ago. But then again, it's selective. And if you look at their motto early on before when Twitter first was there, you know, you, you, you basically could talk about anything. Twitter is an open area for anybody to talk about anything, 
and have random ass people all over the place, all over the world chime in and give their thoughts on what it is that you're talking about. You're essentially having a conversation with yourself, hoping that people are going to come in and chime in and talk about it with you. And if you have a following, that's fine. They're going to follow you and, you know, you guys are going to engage in some conversations. So, like I said, Twitter has been in the news as of late on the internet, everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, on people's minds. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) But the alternative to Twitter, in my eyes, has been Parler. But Parler has been removed from the App Store, the Apple Store. I think it's been suspended from the Google Play Store. If not, I think it's bound to be. And Amazon, who hosts the server, you know, you need a server for these apps to work and a platform for these apps to go on. That's why when when Spotify was down, you know, Amazon wasn't working. Spotify was down and it wasn't working. I I couldn't load my podcast. I couldn't look at anything on there because the server was down. So, Amazon's taken Parler off its server. Therefore, if they're not operating on their own server, that means Parler has a lot of work to do. However, if you know the, um, if anybody doesn't know who I'm ta- what I'm talking about, or we've got any new listeners, or we've got people who just don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, Parler is essentially kind of like a sister, a distant relative app of Twitter. They're not related in any means whatsoever. Like, they're similar, though. If you're a fan, if you've been a fan of free speech, if you're highly, um, like, if you're very for free speech and you feel like you want to talk about some stuff or, you know, some things that may be a little bit more sensitive to certain people, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's on Facebook, you know, Parler is kind of like the whole, like, the fuck you Twitter, like, the wild, wild west Twitter, like, you can go and talk about whatever you want and political views, whatever it is, I don't know necessarily if you can, you know, just say whatever the hell you want on there, I mean, some wild shit on there, it seemed like they have some morals, but, yeah, so Parler, um, reportedly is being shut down today, the server, however, however, if they get their own server, then you're not on anyone else's clock or anybody else's dime. And just like Gab, Gab is also another free speech, Facebook kind of vibes. Um, it's very similar. So Parler and Gab are very similar in a lot of ways. There's a lot of members of the Qs. Call them the QAnons, the supporters, the conspiracy theorists, the Trump support, hardcore Trump supporters. It doesn't even need to be Trump supporters. You know, I, I made a very intelligent post the other day on Twitter that highlighted and said that even though I'm retweeting all this, even though I seem to be very engaged in everything that's going on, I'm not a pro-Biden guy and I'm not a pro-Trump guy. I'm a, I'm for the people. I'm with the people. This is a battle. This is a war and this is something that anybody has in the right mind that thinks about anything, you know, free speech. You want to be able to talk about anything, right? You want to be able to go and give your undivided thoughts. That's kind of where I've centered myself when it comes to this podcast is sitting and talking about things, you know, just doesn't matter what I'm talking about. I just sit here and give my undivided thoughts about it. Uncensored. No caps. There's nothing holding me back. And that's what we kind of do here. 
but I can't can't pretend and sit and be sitting here today on the Sunday, January tenth, two thousand and twenty one, and pretend that I can't step over the line and say too much outlandish shit. Cause things spread like wildfire, and you know nowadays it's like it's, it's about not spreading misinformation. Cause you spread misinformation, you're pushing people into a panic. You're pushing people into thinking about things they shouldn't be thinking about, or thinking certain things about people or things or like the ways that things are going, and you're th- you're pushing them to think about things. That shouldn't be thinking about, especially if you have a higher social media following or higher reach towards people like Trump does. This is the perfect segue into this. Trump has a very, very good following. Well, did essentially before he got banned off all the platforms, of course. But you know, he he could tell everybody to go loot or something like that, and he'll go do it. He could go tell everybody to go and smack some people's butts or something. I'm pretty sure there's a handful of people that will go and do it. You could tell, tell them tell them to go rob the nearest candy store. Storm all the nearest candy stores that aren't paying rightful taxes or something crazy like that. I don't know, man. I was like out of the out of the fucking what is it called? That was just out of the blue. Like compare comparis, comparison. Can't even fucking speak right here on the show. It's been since last year. Um, and December, yeah, so it's December 29th, that's nearly, that's like nearly two weeks ago, so it's gonna be back here on the show, but, um, yeah, so like I said, his, his accounts got purged from the internet, um, he does, if I'm not mistaken, have a Gab account, but I think anytime Trump moves, the media knows, so we'd pretty much know if he made some statements on Gab, but, you know, like I said, Gab is the ultimate enemy of Twitter, the ultimate enemy of, uh, I don't know if they're nece- necessarily enemies of Parler. I do feel that these people that are very highly advocating for free speech and, you know, the people that are very aware, aware and woke about their accounts being silenced and, you know, the reasoning why their accounts are being silenced and just the whole people, people who are very aware of everything that's going on, those types of people, you know, there was lots of discussions, lots of talks about, oh, where are we going to go next? We got to jump to the next platform. We got to go here. We got to go there. What's the next place? What are we going to do? So I've never really seen anything like this. I've never seen Twitter crack down that hard on people. But in order to establish, you know, obviously, like I said, you kind of essentially uh, putting those people in the dark by not giving them a platform to talk about anything. But it, But then again, it's like I decide and I sit here and think in my head, that you're giving these people a platform to cause and incite violence and racism. Now, I could be talking out of my ass completely because I've seen a lot of things that Twitter has allowed on its platform. Then again, it'll take certain other things down. And, you know, it doesn't add up. There's controversy attached. I'm not going to pretend that there isn't controversy attached. But from the general mind, in, in a way, you, you look at it, you look at the site of you know, people saying, for example, I could be like, oh, OK, so come down to the capital of the city or the the um, the I don't know, come to this certain park or something near near the police station in my city and let's riot or let's um, protest. 
And if you're, like I said, if you have a high reach towards people, oh, let's go downtown, let's go do this, let's go do that. You're getting a lot of people that are going to, you know, want to go and, and be a part of that. Be a part of the, the action. Be a part of the chaos. Be a part of the story. They feel it's their, their obligation. They feel it's that's what they need to do. And you get a bunch of people that feel they need to act outlandish and out crazy like that. I mean, whether or not um, these people give a fuck about what happens next or not, or they just have their full undivided loyalty to President Trump. It could be that. Just like, I'm not going to go and riot and or go and protest and get arrested for something stupid. Because then, future-wise for you, long time in the future, especially if you're young, your job opportunities, your career, your everything, you're going to be known for the dumb shit, the dumbest shit ever. Nobody's going to want to hire you, especially not in this new day and age, right? When Joe Biden gets sworn in and all that, all that Trump stuff's officially gone. And it's not all the way gone. I mean, I still believe Trump will still be in the news and has a very powerful figure, very powerful. Well, he's a very powerful figure and has a um, massive following, regardless of if you sense them or not. Um, I don't know necessarily what Trump has up his sleeve right now. I mean, he is a president of the United States. He does have access to nuclear codes. Um, but I've read up from what I've read, they're seeing what you can do when it comes to maybe establishing his own platform, his own network, his own app application for him and, you know, essentially for the fans. And if you operate under your own, like I said, if you have your own platform, if you have your own, uh, you know, server, then... You can essentially operate. You don't have to have your app in the app store. <clears throat> you don't have to have your app on under, under someone else. You have the ability to have your own app. Like you don't put your own app under your own server. You don't have to worry about it being shut down. I've read about Parler essentially being shut down today, but not necessarily Gap because I do believe they run on their own platform. And um, a CEO of Gab just said that. Um, uh, what is it called? They weren't even allowed in the app store to begin with. So it's kind of been like, you know, these extra apps like Parler and Gab have been the apps people I went flocked to. And uh, the millions of views and the amount of people visiting the sites has gone absolutely bananas, man. Because if you take free speech off Twitter, you're either getting your account suspended on Twitter or you're not getting access to your account anymore. So people are so thirsty and willing and ready to go to the next big platform. And one thing I've been seeing right now, like if I go to Twitter right now, you'll go and you'll see if people are really trying to promote their other accounts or create a new one. You know, kind of explain what happened. They're uh, listing all their Gab accounts, all their Parler accounts. And they're kind of essentially flocking from one app to the other. So it's, it's like a movement. I had never seen any movements like that. I never seen any movement like that. It's 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 like an army. Um it, it it's an army. So it, it's pretty crazy. But I have to admit though, the internet without Trump is kinda different. Trump's always been on Twitter. He's always been saying the craziest amount of things. 
And honestly, I think without him on the internet, it somewhat kind of dulls the things down. So if we don't have Trump on the internet, the only thing we'll have left of him, unless he does some drastic crazy things, or something that would defy the odds or some shit like that, the only memory you have of him is in your mind and whatever evidence or pictures or screenshots or whatever else is that you have of him. But other than that, there's really no, excuse me, there's really nothing else. I mean, he can't tweet. He tried to tweet from the official president account. That immediately got suspended. Like these people are on him like a hawk. So no more Trump on Twitter. No more Trump on Instagram. No more Trump um Spotify thing about him. There's like a list like this whole list of uh fucking places that um that you know uh banned him off their platform. There's no inciting violence, Mr. Trump. You cannot incite violence. Not saying that's all he did, but man, that fucking capital storming was fucking wild. And I wouldn't wish for something like that to happen ever again. But it's not like a bunch of people absolutely got like injured. It was just a wild, chaotic event. And, you know, the people have essentially uh, gotten crazy and gotten a little bit more crazy. And just in general, the world's a tense place and more so in America. Because if you look at the intensity surrounding and because, you know, centering on the fact that people want their $2,000 a month stimulus check. And these people in Congress are the ones that have the final say. So, you know, obviously, um, it was, uh, you know, the guy who's housed in McConnell, Mitch McConnell, right? So he has the final say. So he's blocked them. He's blocked 250 plus bills. And most recently being the stimulus one, $2,000 for all Americans. Right? So they've been blocked. Um, we got the $600 stimulus check. And, you know, the unemployment and the people that are getting a little bit more money because of their kids and stuff like that. I don't know what the status is on the extra, you know, $600 for the people or 300 for unemployment and all that. I don't know how all that's working. I haven't looked into it. I did get my $600 stimulus check. Thank you to President Trump for that. And, um, and also, but then again, like the whole world's just been... Upside down because of the craziest year of all time we've had in the form of 2020. So 2021 doesn't really change that much in general. I mean, there's a lot of wild shit going on um, just in general. And, you know, obviously things are going to be quite intense for a little bit after Joe Biden gets sworn in as the president. Because a lot of people are screaming fraudulent election. They're swearing up and down that the election results were fraudulent. And whether or not there was fraudulent, um, whether whether or not there was fraudulent or fraud in this election, the 2020 election, I feel like there's fraud in a little bit of everything we do. And election-wise, I feel like all of them have been somewhat fraud. There has to be a couple fake voters in there, but unanimously... I, it's just so hard to say, and, and so I'm not going to sit here and say or accuse it of being fraud because you can't believe everything you see on the internet, and there's no worldwide spread of voter fraud. There's a hand, There are a handful, uh, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of people that really don't like Trump, but I wonder if there's more people that do like Trump 
or there's people that don't like him. How how long do you how many people do you think like do you think that amount overweighs or you know outdoes the amount of supporters that he has? I mean, we should just see the people that hate him. We should just see like a huge ultimate battle of people who hate Trump versus people who like him. Who do you think would win? That'd be inside. That'd be exciting, man. Oh, look, so finding my pen the other day. So, off topic, I am going to look for some chips or something in my closet. So, I go and look in my closet, and I go inside this um, cardboard box in there. And boom, my pen is sitting down, my stizzy. So, it's sitting down in there, and it's been over a month or so since I had it, seen this pen. And I was like... What the fuck, dude? I was looking for this shit for hella long. And the thing is, like, I went and bought a whole other pen. So when I lost this pen, I went to the store to get another one. And I got the same cartridge. Obviously, it was the same cartridge. But I had put this pen on the charger, right? Then I woke up the next morning. Then I went to go pull the charger out. And I accidentally pulled out the whole fucking battery so it broke it, it literally broke so i had to go back to the store again to get another one and i don't even know what the other one is but it was added a little shortage in it like the light wouldn't stay lit so i just found it and it was sitting here i have a whole other pen that's full a full gram, and I have a half a gram right here, so a gram and a half, and that's what we've been doing, so, like, like the past few days, or past, well, basically, however long it's been since we haven't done the show, I've just been around reading and just, you know, looking at all the um, crazy events that's been happening in this world, so, no, no, I'm not gonna really give too many more undivided thoughts about all that crazy shit, because, uh, it's just, uh, you know, I don't want to keep the negative energy in the room or anything like that. Yesterday was a terrible day, man. Everyone was act, or not yesterday, the day before yesterday was a terrible day. Everyone was acting hella, hella weird and, you know, rude and stuff like that. Well, at least at my job. Not, you know, everyone at my job was fine, but they're, with the, this, the customers and stuff are hella disrespectful. And I don't know, man. It's just like, maybe it's a dark day in the world. Maybe people just need to... You know, brighten up and not read everything you see on the internet or try to take a break from your phone if you can. You know what I mean? Because if you look at all the news that's going on and everything that's happening around the world, you tend to get depressed. You know, it's not a, it's not something that a lot of people want to do. Don't, don't look at your phone all the time because that can essentially set you up to become more depressed and or, you know, want to be on a level of someone else or wishing you're somewhere else than you were here and you're not looking at the things that, you know, you appreciate. The things that are around you. That happens to a lot of people when they're on their phones. Like they'll look at things and wish they were at a, a certain place. Because they see other people. Or they see something on social media. And they're, they they come to think. And they get in the mindset of thinking like. Oh I could be like that. I could be right there doing that. And I guess it could be me. I could be doing this. And then. They become depressed and they don't appreciate where they're at, right? We've all been there. It just depends on you. It just depends on the fact that you can't sit here and rely 
on this information. You can't sit here. You can only literally rely on yourself. So if you believe all the craziness that's going around, if you're deep into the conspiracies, if you're hardcore into just, you know, being against uh, whatever it is, you know, socialism against speech, free speech and all this different things like that, you know, you, you have the ability to talk about it. Nowadays, you may not be able to really say too much. And that's perfectly fine, you know, because you can have little, you can have it and talk amongst yourselves, talk amongst your friends, um, create a platform to talk about this, those kinds of things. You got to really watch what you say nowadays because, you know, people are going to call you a terrorist or, you know, Trump supporter or Antifa or some other craziness, man. People are wild nowadays, but, um, pretty wild to see what has happened in the last few days so like i said we're not going to stay on it and we're going to continue um we've got some excellent fights coming up ladies and gentlemen a segue away from the wild craziness that's happened that's been happening in this world uh, a lot of fights um been announced as of late um one fight particular, obviously, I'm pretty sure everybody's excited about this one, but the rematch between Conor McGregor taking on Dustin Poirier. Are you kidding me? That's an exciting fight. And you know what's real exciting about that particular fight is the evolution of both men. Not Poirier, not Conor, but the evolution of both men. I mean, since they first fought each other, they fought a murderer's row essentially and obviously their careers have went kind of two different spots and little did i know that they were going to rematch in the future or we're ever going to see the rematch i mean i know it was talked about for quite some time i mean we really didn't have a clear-cut contender for connor's next opponent and you know there's essentially a time that i thought we were ever going to see connor fight again but then we had 2020 come connor's talking about having a season he has that first fight with donald Cerrone. he looks absolutely fantastic it executes a perfect game plan in that fight and boom fast forward to the rest of 2020 the covid virus hits and you know we don't get connor and you know we get some stalled negotiations None of this stuff, none of this stuff uh, ends up coming together. So we're, we're thinking we're going to get a Connor season. But alas, we finally settle on this fight with Justin Poirier early um, in January. Hey Siri, when is Connor McGregor's next fight? I just want, it's, it's going to be, um, it's obviously UFC 257. It comes up on January 24, 2021 at the Etihad Arena and Yaz Island, Abu Dhabi. So, yes, he returns to Abu Dhabi. Main event, Conor McGregor taking on Dustin Poirier. I mean, Dustin Poirier's fought a murderer's row as well. And he, obviously, is coming off of the loss to Khabib, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, not the loss to Khabib. Excuse me. He just fought Dan Hooker. Wasn't it Dan Hooker or was it Khabib? I don't know. We haven't talked about fights in a while. We're kind of dry here, baby. Yeah, so he fought Khabib. I thought he. I thought this was his first fight back. My bad. So he. That's how. That shows you how many fucking fights I watch. There's so many fights and so much stuff to keep up with. So yeah, he returned after that. After he lost to Dan Hooker in June, of 2020. Very tough fight. Very grueling fight. Very brutal fight for both men. It was a hard, hard fight for both men. Um, and 
you know, moving forward, now he has a rematch with Connor. So, I mean, he goes from fighting Khabib to Dan Hooker to rematching Connor to beating Max Holloway at 155 pounds. So, I mean, Dustin Poirier has not lost that much in his last, like, seven fights. I mean, the only other loss he had was the stoppage loss was to Michael Johnson. Then he came back, beat Jim Miller. No contest, illegal knees against Eddie Alvarez. Beat Anthony Pettis. Stopped Justin Gaethje. Beat Eddie Alvarez again. And beat Max Holloway. Lost to Khabib. Beat Dan Hooker. And now he's going to be fighting against Connor. So his ratio, win-loss ratio is very good, man. He hasn't lost that much. I mean, ever since he's moved up to 155 pounds, he's looked absolutely solid. He looked amazing. He's, he's shown the true grit and heart and determination of a true champion. And he's really shown that, you know, he's matured as a fighter. So going back to this Connor versus Dustin Poirier rematch, it's going to be interesting to see how both these men approach it. I mean, physically, if you follow them on social media, if you look at how good they're doing, um, you know, it's it's going to be obviously very intriguing, very interesting. Um, you don't know how this fight's going to go. I mean, it could be Connor easily in the first round, first or second round. I mean, if, if you see Poirier winning, I think maybe Poirier is going to take Connor in the deeper water and, you know, test his cardio later on in the fight. Maybe like a five rounder or something like that. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't see Poirier stopping Connor with, um, like like by strikes or something like that. Maybe like he takes him in like deep water and maybe utilizes his, his very well submission skills, his very phenomenal submission skills, excuse me. And uh, But then other than that, it's like Connor said he promises excellence and, you know, it's an amazing performance. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Connor approaches this one. I know we wanted that season with Connor. But it's better to get this, and it's exciting to see the way both men has gone, considering the fact of the fragile state that the world's in. There hasn't really necessarily been that much trash talk. You know, it's all business, um, all full full steam ahead, all business, exciting fight. Um, rumored that there will be fans in attendance. I don't know necessarily how many, or I know the percentage is going to significantly be cut down if that's true. But, you know, it's not a Connor fight without fans, man. So, I mean, we got fans when Connor fought Cerrone. So, it'd be nice to get fans against, uh, for Poirier. But in the fragile state of this world, when all the emerging uh, different versions of the coronavirus and stuff being around, it's just overall not a safe place still to travel. And it's not something that we're going to get over in a year or a few months or a few weeks or something like that. We can only be as safe as we want you know we're in control we're we're in charge of our own health our family's health our coaches our teammates it doesn't matter which which uh which teammates or who or who it is it just matters that we need to be safe and it matters that we need to uh obviously abide by the rules and and do things you know as safe as possible and you know the ufc has been very good with the whole testing and, you know, quarantining and waiting before test results and, and all the shenanigans that they have to go through to, you know, ensure that their staff, their fighters, and everyone else under the UFC banner is taken care of, is is safely tested and safely uh, negative of the coronavirus before proceeding with the event, proceeding with fight week, or proceeding with anything that has to do with emerging and being in contact with other people. So the UFC has done very good with that. But stylistically, it's an excellent fight. 
Connor is absolutely precise with his strikes. Very calculated, very devastating. A lot of things that Connor hits you with, you know, a lot of people don't get up. He's very accurate. He's very vicious. You know, anything he throws can put you out at any given time. And obviously, if you look at the Eddie Alvarez fights, you look at the first Dustin Poirier fight, the Diego Brandao, the De- Dennis Seaver fight. I mean, the win he had over Jose Aldo, his fun fights with Nate Diaz. You know, Connor, Connor is vicious, man. He, I mean, the fight with Cerrone as well. I mean, he he picked him apart, and he landed what he needed to land. I mean, that head kick he landed on Cerrone. I mean, Cerrone throws a head kick, and boom, Connor throws one of his own. He hurts Cerrone, and then lands that vicious ground and pound. And you know, Connor's ground and pound is very vicious as well. So, like I said, that it's gonna be interesting to see what he brings against Poirier. I know he'll be a lot more prepared for this fight. Not saying he wasn't prepared the first time. I remember the first time that these guys were penciled in and slated a fight. Because like me, I'm sure everyone else had questions about Connor. We're thinking and sitting like, is this guy for reals? Is he for reals? But this will truly be a battle of who has truly improved. I mean, can Poirier beat Connor? I'm pretty sure he can. I feel overall he has a lot more uh, gas tank. He has a good ground game. Hence, the first fight didn't last that long. So, I mean, if you get get a longer, drawn-out fight for the second one, we'll get to see the true natures of what Poirier can bring to the table. He has the heart. He has the grit. He has the determination. He has the will to win. He's not going to be stopped unless you take him out. You know what I mean? He's not going to be one guy that's going to um, fold under the pressure. <clears throat> I mean, throughout the time that he's been fighting in the UFC, I mean, since he's lost to Michael Johnson, he's essentially been undefeated. He's won every single one of his fights. You know, the Eddie Alvarez fight, the illegal knees, he was pretty good, pretty good in that fight. He's doing good in that fight. And um, pretty much in control, if I'm not mistaken. And then obviously he works his way up. He fights Gaethje and all the other fights that he had. And then boom, he fights Khabib. Obviously, who doesn't lose to Khabib? He lost to Khabib. And then now he fought Dan Hooker, a very tough, grueling fight. But, you know, a handful of the last few of Poirier's fights have been very grueling and, and devastating. He's taken a lot of damage and shit like that. So, um, I mean, moving forward, that, that can't be necessarily the best thing for, for you. To keep taking damage like that and keep going in, in fights like that because eventually that's going to catch up to him. And then, hence, you know, he could go into that fight with Connor and get sparked early. I mean, it, it, it's it's simple. It's easily, easier said than done, obviously. But realistically, if you look at it, I mean, like the Tony Ferguson story, for example. I mean, he, for like the longest time, you know, he would get through these fights. He wouldn't get through them unscathed, though. He would get he would get caught. He the fight would be bloody. He'd be in trouble. He'd come back. He'd find a way to win. Similarly to Dustin Poirier, right? Similarly to Dustin Poirier, he he finds a way to win. He comes back better than ever, just like he did against Michael Johnson. But he came back against uh, obviously Dan Hooker. And he looked good. Obviously, both men looked good. It was a very tough, very grueling fight for both men. But it'd be interesting to see what happens next 
when obviously say like for example, um, he beats Connor or Connor beats him. Little old Dana White in the news again, um, saying that he has a meeting with Khabib and he's gonna try to pressure him, and he likes to fight with Connor again or something like. Really, was the first seeing shit like that annoys me, man. Seeing shit like that, it's like, dude. Let this fucking why Connor's getting. I mean, if Connor beats Poirier in impressive fashion, then f- f- God forbid. I mean, I think he deserves a title shot. But Khabib, it, it turns me off completely away from it when Khabib's not even in the discussion right now for for a uh, fight. You're holding up a division. Obviously, Connor, the Connor and Khabib fight first happened. It was obviously. You know, Connor did go with the takedown defense for a little bit, but after a while, Khabib just, you know, picked him apart and eventually was getting uh, into the point where he was able to submit him. And really isn't anything different Connor is going to do against a guy like Khabib because Khabib's just his kryptonite, just like the Nate Diaz fight. Nate Diaz is Connor's kryptonite because Nate Diaz has better cardio and conditioning and can put forth a better and more devastating pace later on in the fight. And if you're in Connor's face like that, doing that, pressuring him as Nate did in that fight, then, um, you know, it's going to pose problems for Connor. That's why I feel that Poirier, where Poirier has an advantage, he has a lot better conditioning. Connor has great conditioning, too. He looks in phenomenal shape. A little bit agey. He looks like he aged a lot. But, hey, he's still in phenomenal shape. And, uh,. And, uh, you know, obviously looks to be successful against Dustin Poirier. So it's interesting tactically, physically, mentally, exciting, exciting, very exciting, excited for the countdown show and just excited for all the fights that are coming in 2021. Um, we haven't been on as of late. There's been a lot of stuff happening in the world as of late, but that's not stopping us here, ladies and gentlemen. So until next time, baby, that's our show for today. Appreciate you guys for joining us here on this episode of Kicking It With the King. Um, like I said, follow us on Gab, gab.com slash G the King official. Um, Parlor is going offline for about a week or so until they can get some new servers. But parlor.com slash G the King official Instagram.com slash KWTK pod. And like I said, as always, follow us everywhere. And our podcast is available everywhere. You get your shows, ladies and gentlemen. Anchor.fm forward slash KWTK pod. Sincerely appreciate the listens and streams. And a lot of people have been listening to the show. Numbers have gone up even when we didn't do a show and stuff like that. So I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Um, Obviously, like I said, all the craziness happening and everything along the lines with that. Appreciate you guys for joining us here. We'll be back sooner rather than later, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you guys sincerely so much more. Follow me on Twitter, like I said, G the King MMA. Follow me on Gab as well, and we'll keep up to date. We'll crush this. We will establish our freedom of speech. We are an army. This is an army. This is a war, and we're here, and we're willing and ready to fight it, ladies and gentlemen. So sincerely appreciate you guys always. As always, please stay safe out there. Please stay inside. Wear a mask if need be. Stay away from people. Stay away from large crowds. Stay away from craziness. And like I said, 
Try not to stay on your phone all the time. Try not to read too much. I mean, you can stay on your phone. Just don't stay on and read. And be consumed with the craziness of information that's flowing your way, ladies and gentlemen. So, this, without further ado, this is Gabe Hernandez signing off. DJ cheering up. It's your turn, baby. We're out of this bitch. Bye, folks. So DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. I like my music loud, so DJ turn me up, DJ turn me up. Yeah. Trying to get hit, musical loudest, lit up with hits. If I hop on it, then do what you get. I just go in like the fit of a switch. I come to party, trying to get hit, musical loudest, lit up with hits. If I hop on it, then do what you get. I just go in like the fit of a switch.